0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at The River. Tonight I'm going to be ministering to you on the topic of the Holy Spirit. And as we talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, I want to just start with this and and share with you that there is a very, very important significance of the Holy Spirit in your life. In fact, you cannot really do anything for the kingdom without the Holy Spirit working with you to do it. There's a verse in John 15, 4, it states this. It says that Jesus says you can do nothing without me. Now, we know that he was on this earth at the time that he said that to his disciples. But if you go back a few chapters, he tells them that he's going to leave and he's no longer going to be with them. But he's going to leave them a helper, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And so you could... Interpret what he said to his disciples, you can do nothing without me, and say this, you can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. And I believe that is completely true because we know that you can't come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit draws you. We know that nothing is possible without the anointing in your life to break through barriers and whatever it is that you're troubled with in your life. And so tonight as we look at this, I want you to take a careful observation to yourself and say, do I really, really, really have the kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit that I should? Because I'll be very frank with you, you cannot have a close relationship with Jesus without having a close relationship to the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit never speaks of his own initiative, he always speaks what Jesus says. So you can't really have a close relationship with Christ without a revelation and an intimate knowledge of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I want to look at that tonight, and we're going to look at some aspects, extremism in the church that really don't know what they're talking about as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned. The Holy Spirit is not. Uh, a force or power when somebody falls under the power that's the result of being exposed to the Holy Spirit but that's not the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is a person and when you understand that you realize that my relationship with Jesus is all governed by the relationship I have with the Holy Spirit so let's look at some verses here we're gonna look in quite depth it. this is in John chapter 16 and look up in the screen and we're gonna go through this And I want to start with the first part. It says, and when he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin. The word convict means also to convince the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Let's go a little bit farther. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, if you would go back to the very first verses that we had, please. Just go, go, go back. Thank you. And when he comes, he will convict or convince the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, traditionally, the way this has been preached is that here's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes into the world, and he convinced the sinner of his lying, of his adultery, of his stealing. He he does that, and the idea is that it causes the sinner to have a godly sorrow, and then it causes the sinner to repent. But the truth of the matter is that's not what it's saying at all. The Holy Spirit has never come to condemn you or to put a guilt trip on you Or to remind you of all the sins you've committed in your life. He doesn't do that. Look at the text again. It says to convict the world of what? Sin. That's in the singular, isn't it? Not plural. Sin. And then as he goes down, he explains what that sin is. Go to verse 9. Of sin because they do not believe in me. In other words, that's what the Holy Spirit has come for. The Holy Spirit comes and removes our blindness out of our eyes and reveals to us Jesus Christ came and died for all of our sins and redemption is available to you. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When I got saved, I was on a Sunday in the morning, and I I was stoned, And the Lord spoke to me in that condition, and he didn't talk to me about smoking pot. He revealed himself to me that Jesus Christ died for me 2,000 years ago. See, the church has got it backwards. That's why no one gets saved. The world doesn't need to be told about their sins. Their conscience bears witness to the fact that they're in sin. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to take the blinders off and get the individual to begin to believe in what Christ came to do. Let me give you some references to this. If you look in John three seventeen, it says this. Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. You remember the woman that was caught in adultery? Did he condemn her or did he remove the condemnation? He said, I didn't... I don't condemn you either, even though they, she was guilty enough that they could have stoned her. He says, I'm not going to condemn you. And then he said, go and sin no more. In other words, Jesus and the Holy Spirit did not come to condemn the world. They came to provide the salvation that we need to forgive us of our sins. Can you say amen, everybody? Now, to take this farther, because I want to give you scripture on this. I want you to look, if you would, in Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 33. And I want to read these two verses because this verifies what I'm saying. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who is he who condemns? It is it Christ who died? And furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Here's what he's saying. Is God the one that, that condemns when God's the one that justified you in Christ? No, God's not condemning you. He justified you in Christ, and it's not Jesus, because Jesus is the one that's interceding for us. Who is the one that condemns? Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren that has accused God's people before God day and night. Did you know in the Old Testament, uh, Satan had authority... Over the children of God, when they sinned, he had the legal right to come in and put a curse on them because they were under the law. In the New Testament, because Jesus rose from the dead, Satan has been booted out of heaven. He no longer has legal access into your life in any way, shape, or form in your life. Can you come on, give God praise right there? So I wanted you to see that to start with, and please put it back up on the screen, that verse that we started with. I want you to see then that the Holy Spirit's ministry is to come and convict the world of a sin, the sin of rejecting Jesus, the sin of not believing in God, the sin of not taking the sacrifice of Christ, that he's he's not come to tell you how bad you are. Your conscience does that for you. He comes to awaken you so that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened at the hope of his calling. The incompatible great power for us to believe. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So he's not in this business of finding fault. He's in the business of opening our eyes. I want to open your eyes to what Christ has provided for you. No man can come to God unless God opens our eyes. The Holy Spirit is sent to draw us, to, to reveal to us, Jesus, so that we might be saved. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan's the ones that reminds you of all the failures that you made. Satan and the demons are the ones that remind you that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't, shouldn't be blessed here and there, and you've messed up so much. You don't deserve the blessing of God. Of course you don't. But praise God, because of Jesus you do. Say amen. It's powerful. Psalms 1016 uh, says It says that from the east to the west, oh gosh, I like that, God has forgiven our sins. Or that he doesn't remember them anymore. In other words, your sins are completely forgiven. I'm going to show you a verse, and you can find this over in 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. Put it up here. I want you to look at this verse, and we read over it, and we don't see the significance of it. Look what it says. I write to you, little children, because your sins are, what? Forgiven. Forgiven you for whose sake? His name's sake. In other words, God couldn't minister to you the blessing unless he forgave you of your sins. So the Holy Spirit comes and opens our eyes so that we receive Christ, so that Christ can bless us. He can't bless us unless he forgives us, but he couldn't forgive us through our own righteousness, So he forgave us through his son's righteousness. And the word there, forgiven, is very significant. It's in the perfect tense in the Greek, and not to make you amazed by my Greek knowledge. But it's a word, when it's perfect tense, it means that it only happens one time. Jesus died for your sins, forgave you one time forever. I said forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. So the Holy Spirit's ministry then is to reveal to us Christ. That's his ministry, not to beat you up because you're divorced. Now now let me stop right here because I want to have a balance to it. The Holy Spirit will never allow you to feel comfortable in your sin. But he's not a fault finder and he's not the one that is making you feel terrible. The Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. You can't grieve someone that doesn't love you. I mean, lots of people I know that have lost loved ones, and they're in great grief. But if I didn't know them, it's hard for me to have the same grief they're going through. The Holy Spirit not only grieves for us because he loves us, when he sees us going on the wrong path, we, we get this sense inside of us, you know, I don't feel right about this. It's, it's, it's because the Holy Spirit doesn't feel right about it in your spirit. But he's not there to beat you up. He's there to reveal Jesus to you so that you can break through the barriers that you might see in your life. Because if you walk around with condemnation and guilt in your life, you're not going to be able to believe God for the healing that you need. You're not going to be able to believe God for the breakthrough that you need in your life. You're not going to be able to get that breakthrough that you desire. And you won't be able to understand the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit loves us. He doesn't just, he's not just with us. He loves us with an unconditional love. He loves you when you lost your temper on the freeway. He loves you you when you disobey God. He loves you when you obey God. He loves you all the time. He never lets up. And I think that we need this reminder of what the Holy Spirit is. He is a person. And my relationship with Jesus is only as good as my relationship with the Holy Spirit. So if I can't be led by the Spirit, if I, can't, if I can't sense when the Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me, I can't do the things that Christ wants me to do, and you can't either. We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to give us victory in our life in a great way. Did you know that just believing in God is not enough to get to heaven? It's not. The Bible tells us clearly that the demons believe, James. They don't go to heaven. Satan believes. Satan actually believes that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. He saw him do it. But he's not saved. Here's what made the difference between me and just having the Holy Ghost reveal God to me. At the time that I was saved, I was questioning whether or not there was even a God. And when the Lord spoke to me and revealed himself to me, all all of a sudden I said, oh, now I believe. This ain't just in my mind. I believe it. I've had an encounter with God. I wasn't saved then. But I believed. And it wasn't until the Lord drew drew me and I went to church and I I committed my life to Christ. And, And let me show you what that looked like. I was willing to do whatever God told me to do. I had a willing heart. I didn't have the ability to do it, but I was willing to do it. I I wanted to do it his way, not my way anymore in my life. And the willingness was there. And understand the willingness, gosh, doesn't mean I had the ability, but I was willing. And, and, I, and I wasn't going to share this, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway. Because I need to relate to where you're at. I've been saved now a long time. But when I first came to the Lord, I had my own problems. And they didn't just instantly fall away. There was progressive miracles as soon as I gave my life to Christ. He healed my heart and so forth. But I remember in those days after I'd just gotten saved. I wasn't even spirit-filled yet. I was just, I'd just gotten saved. And, and I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I was, you know, going to church, you know, every week, but I didn't know anything. And I remember uh, I used to smoke marijuana back then. And I, I sensed in my spirit that I shouldn't do it. So I, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to smoke any weed unless it's a special occasion. <laughs> now, I'm just being, I'm leveling with you how I was spiritually here. And uh, I remember uh, friends of mine, because I still had friends that were unbelievers. And we had close friends that, uh, he was a bass player for Commander Cody, last planet airman. And they were playing at the Paramount Theater downtown Seattle. So they said, come on down and and uh, we'll give you back seat passes and all that stuff. And so we went down there, and the place is packed, smoke pot everywhere, you know, it's one of those things. And I remember Bruce, he said to me, hey, I've got this pot that is so powerful. This is really good stuff. And I remember going up the backstage with Bruce, smoking this huge joint. I don't know if you you know what a joint is. Okay, yeah. And I'm smoking it, and nothing's happening. I mean, nothing's happening. I turned to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I'm not getting high. And he said, I know. I'm doing this for you one time because I don't want you doing this. And that was, gosh, that's over 40 years ago, longer than that. Can you say amen? Amen. In other words, God was, the Holy Spirit didn't beat me up over it. God just gave me revelation in it. And the revelation changed my life. And I've been, you know, living normal for a long time. And it's not because... God beat me up every morning and said, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't say that. That's not how it works. The Holy Spirit reveals things to you, and you change, and you get transformed. Amen? I know I talk to a lot of people at church. They, get, they got saved, and they were alcoholics, and God cured them of that, and they were healed of it, or maybe smoking, things like that. But it was you still have to choose later not to go back to it. But it's all because of the Holy Spirit revealing something to you. Someone, We ought to give God praise tonight. Come on. He's powerful. I always tell people that smoke, they say, well, Pastor, am I going to go to hell if I smoke? I said, no, but you'll smell like you've been there. It's a joke. Come on. Come on, everybody. Give God praise tonight. Yes. Okay, let's go farther with that verse, if you would. Go ahead and put it back up on the screen, the first one that we looked at. And notice, so the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is convict us of the sin of not believing. And and the second thing is, go go to verse 9. He says, and of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. In other words, the Holy Spirit convicts us of the righteousness of God in our lives. The Bible said that Jesus was made sin in order that we might be what? Made the righteousness of God. You say, you mean to tell me the Holy Spirit reminds you that you are righteous? Absolutely. If you look in the scriptures, you'll discover this. Every time people reign is when they get a revelation of the righteousness of God. In fact, one of my favorite verses, and it's probably one of yours too, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen, I'm going to love that verse. Read the bottom of it. It says, "The righteousness is of me." In other words, once you understand it's imparted righteousness to you, you will reign in your life. Romans 5:17 says that we reign in life through the gift of righteousness in your life. If it's a gift, it isn't earned, it isn't deserved, it isn't worked for. it's a gift. And a lot of us here tonight, we need the Holy Spirit to remind us that we're righteous. Especially when you lose your temper, especially when you're acting stupid, especially when you're acting like a sinner, you need to be reminded, I am the righteousness of God. And begin to step into that new nature that God has called you to because the new nature is you have the divine nature inside of you. You're no longer a sinner, now you're a saint. You were a sinner, but God's grace saved you. Now you're a saint. Now your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You've been imparted the righteousness of God, and God's Spirit abides in you in a very special way. Amen. Amen. Now, let me uh, let me relate this to you in a uh, story. I love it. I've said this story many times, but it's, it's a great story. It's about a farmer that's out one day, and He's by this ravine, and, and he looks down. There's a little egg there, and so he looks up, and there's an eagle's nest up there on the cliff of the rock. Anyway, the eagle nest had fallen, but it didn't break. So he takes the little egg back to his farm, puts it in the chicken coop under one of the chickens, and eventually the little egglet cracks. The little eagle comes out. But the problem is, this eagle is being raised by chickens, just like we were and he learns to eat from the bugs of the earth and you know he doesn't and, and the chickens they get off the ground a little bit and then they crash back down so he's got terrible examples but he thinks he's a chicken but in reality he's an eagle so the farmer's watching this and wondering how it's going to turn out and, and every so often an eagle would fly through the air and this little eagle would look at the eagle flying in the air and he and and something would go off inside of him he knew that there's something about that bird up there flying that is the same as me. I don't feel comfortable with these chickens. Something's different. And as his wings grew out, one day, this big eagle swings by and does that old eagle cry. And the little eaglet starts waving his head, his wings. All of a sudden, he started lifting off. He went more than a couple feet like the chickens. Now he's going a little bit higher. Now he's going a little bit higher. And the rest is history. His nature kicked in, and he became what he had been called to do. The problem is a lot of us have been raised by chickens. But you're not a chicken. you got a divine nature inside of you. You have God inside of you. You were meant to reign. You were meant to (laughs) succeed in Christ. You were meant to live holy. You were meant to to abide and have communion with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were called to do that. You're different than the person that's lost and without Christ. But when you come to Christ, he makes you alive. And there's a spiritual life and there's a partaking of the divine nature that occurs within him. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will remind us of who we are in Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. The Holy Spirit does not use guilt and condemnation to get you to be better. He convinces you of who you are and convinces you that this is the best thing that you can do in your life. This is who you are. And you begin to go down that path. And it changes you. I mean, I could say that I live probably better than most people. But I'm not impressed with that. What I'm impressed with is the relationship with the Holy Spirit I have in my life. He's the one that has brought me this far. He's the one that can cure you of gossip. He's the one that can cure you of bitterness. He's the one that can cure you of offense. He's the only one. You can't do it on your own. You can go to a psychologist and whatever, and they'll say, this is how you forgive. No one's ever going to be able to forgive completely unless the Holy Spirit helps you. He's got to minister to you and reveal things to you and and let you see things through the eyes of Jesus before the redemption and and the victory comes in that area. So I love this verse because it says that the transformation of sanctification is a direct result of the conviction of righteousness in your life. As the Holy Spirit reveals to you what Christ did for you, you can come before the Father with the blood of the Lamb, with all boldness to receive grace and mercy for your time of need. Say amen, everybody. I tell you, that's good news. That's good news. Now, look at the next part of the verse here. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Oh, I like this. So we got three things here. What's the first thing? The Holy Spirit comes to convince us or convict us of the unbelief of not believing in Christ. The second thing that he does, he comes to convict us or convince us of the righteousness of God that has been imparted to us. And number three, he comes to convict us and convince us that the God of this world, Satan, has been judged. Amen. Now, you should get a little bit more excited about that. You know what that means? That means that you have authority over the demonic spirits in this world. In other words, you no longer have to be controlled by the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, demonic activity. You have been delivered because when Jesus was on this earth what did he say I saw Satan fall like lightning and in his ascension Satan was completely defeated he was disrobed his anointing everything was taken from him and he was cast down to this earth Jesus Christ took total authority the only authority that he does now is borrowed authority on those that are lost The man that is lost does not realize he's lost. He doesn't realize he's blind, and Satan will use him. That's why our great commission is to lead people to Christ, to pray and have the gospel of Christ and the Holy Spirit reveal that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he died for all of your sins. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. So the judgment, and we know in Scripture there's different kinds of judgment. There's the judgment seat of Christ, right? Where the believer all stands to judge Christ. And it says we're not going to be judged for our sin. It's our faith. If your faith was successful, you'll receive an eternal reward. And then there's the great white throne judgment. Where those who died in Christ will stand before God. And the books will be opened and they'll be judged according to their works. And if their name's not in the book of life, which it isn't, they are cast in the lake of fire with degrees of eternal separation forever. Those are the judgments. But the judgment he's talking about here is the judgment of Satan that occurred when Christ was raised from the dead. No longer can you oppress my people, no longer will spiritual death dominate them. Your power has been broken over them. Every demon has to bow the knee, whether it's a principality, whether it's a power. Every fallen spirit has to submit to the name of Jesus. That demon, that devil's been judged. We need to stand up with authority and thank God for it. Thank God for it. So when you look at that, you can see the ministry of the Holy Spirit, how precious it is. How the Holy Spirit will do that. And this has really helped me because if you've been in Christianity really a really long time, you, you, you get exposed to a lot of self-righteousness. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Someone gets saved in church, and they got earrings and tattoos and all this stuff and they're whatever. And, and then uh, they don't change fast enough. And people in the church kind of look down. At them. You know, well, I wonder if they really got saved. And they forget what you were like when you got saved. You still had beer in the cupboard. Say amen, praise God. You still did things that you kn- knew you shouldn't be doing because it was progressive. It was, it was a process you were you're developing as you learned the word. It's one thing to say, Jesus, Lord, when you haven't submitted anything yet. And then once you submit to everything and say, okay, I'm Lord, all right, cool, yes, great. I got to forgive him? You mean I got to bring a tithe in? of what I make, make it? Hallelujah. There's a process. As you hear the word, you become accountable to the word. And as you become accountable to the word, you have to do this. Now, the point I want you to see from this that I believe will bless you is the ministry of the Holy Spirit is one of comfort and one of help. He wants to help you. He wants to... Enable you to pray. He wants to enable you to overcome. He wants you to do all those things in your life. There's a verse in John 14, 12. And I love the verse because it reveals something about the consequence of receiving the Holy Spirit. It said, Truly I say unto you that whosoever believeth on me, shall do the works that I have done, and even greater works than these shall I do, because I go to the Father. Now, he said that before his resurrection. But I remember I was listening to a preacher, and he was doing really good until he got to that verse. And he got to the verse, and he said this. He said, you know, everybody's talking about healing and raising the dead and all that. Those those things don't matter. What matters is the greater works. He said, the greater works is we need to lead people to Christ. And I totally agree that the greater works is to keep people saved. And the greater works are to baptize people in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen? But he missed it. You know why he missed it? Because Jesus also said, you'll do the works that I have done. And Jesus healed the sick. And Jesus cast out devils. And Jesus healed the blind. And Jesus, come on, that's what Jesus did. So praise God for the greater works so that we lead people to Christ. But praise God, God wants more than that. God wants us to do what you, and you can do that through, if, if you get the Holy Spirit to give you revelation in these things, you'll have, you'll have revelation with your authority. You'll have revelation with divine healing. And you'll be able to believe God and see things happen in your life. But it's going to require the Holy Spirit in your life operating in that way. It won't work any other way. Now, let me say something to this point. Many Christians are way too content with where their life is right now. And the Holy Spirit does not want you to be that way. People say, well, you need to be content with whatever you have. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, contentment in the Bible is self-sufficiency, or in our case, God's sufficiency. It doesn't mean that you're content being broke. It doesn't mean that you're content being sick. It doesn't mean that you're content failing. It doesn't mean that at all. The word content means your sufficiencies in Christ. So, whatever condition you're in, you know you've got all you need to come out of it. You take the woman that her sons were, were the, 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 someone was coming to take her sons to pay off the debt of her, her husband who had died. She was not content to let him take her sons. Instead, she went to the prophet because she's a church going woman and said, so We need a miracle. You know the story. God, the prophet said, What do you have in your house? He said, Cruise of oil. And God multiplied the cruise of oil, paid off the debt, and they lived off the rest you can find out all through the Bible where the person was not content with the situation they were in. But if they loved God, they said, I know that God will come through and do something greater. It's like the woman that had built the house on the side of her house for the prophet, Elisha. And you remember he gave her a prophet's reward and she got a son. And then the son died. And she told her husband, I need to go see the prophet. Anything wrong? No, everything's well. I want to see the prophet. And she went, she was not content to let the devil rob her of her son. She went to the prophet and and got on her knees and, and beseeched him. And he went back and laid on the child seven times. Anyway, the child's raised from the dead. Why? Because she knew her sufficiency in Christ. She had put God first in her life and knew everything that she needed, she had. And she saw her miracle. Say amen, everybody. So the, the bottom line, I guess, from this teaching of the Holy Spirit is that if we don't understand the difference between our conscience bothering us and the work of the Holy Spirit, we're never going to develop a relationship to, with Him to the degree that we want. If we think the only way you know the Holy Spirit is, is to be browbeaten because of your sins... We're missing the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He reveals things that are in darkness, but he doesn't do it to condemn you. He does it to make you aware so that you can succeed in life and you can take the right path in your life. Amen? That's why he loves the sinner. He loves the sinner. The Holy Spirit loves the sinner because he wants to reveal Jesus to the sinner. And he loves you when you're messing up. And he loves your wife when she's messing up. He loves your kids when you're messing up. And when you understand that, it opens you up to a revelation. I remember when I first got a revelation on this, there was someone on a Christian station that I could not stand. It just drove me nuts. And once I got this revelation, I looked at that person, and I could actually love her. Because I understood that the Holy Spirit loves me with my flaws And he loved her with her flaws. Just opens you up. Hallelujah. And see, here's the challenge. We all hear voices. But if you don't know the voice of the Spirit over your own voice or over the voice that is in the world, how are we going to be led? How are we going to be led? I could get up Sunday morning and beat you up from here to hell. About tithing, and some of you would probably tithe if I made you feel bad enough about it, but that is never going to last, and it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit reveals to you the truth about something, and out of love, you work that out in your life. Out of what he did for you, you work it out in your life. That produces a lasting fruit in your life. If you're doing things out of fear and guilt, you'll never keep doing it in your life. But if you're doing it out of love, you'll do it for the rest of your life. I'm serving God because I love him. I'm serving God because of everything he's done for me. I'm serving God because he loved me when no one else was looking at me, when no one else was concerned my fate, He was loving me. He was protecting me. He put his angels around me to protect me before I made a decision of Christ. I remember all the times I was driving like a wild man going in a four-wheel drift in my car around. I could have been killed so many times, but God's angels were around me, preserving me, because one day I would accept Jesus as my Savior. That's the love of the Spirit in my life. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the River, and we're doing life together.